0: on this week's episode of ride the lightning the tesla unofficial podcast software version 10 begins rolling out to the early access program members of the community so i'll tell you all about what's in it plus an interview with one of the developers behind cuphead which is part of the v10 release additional details on the plaid mode model s and more What's happening, friends? Alongside a happily snoozing Daisy the Boxer Puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey for episode 216 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for September 22nd, 2019. I'm actually recording, however, on September 19th, uh, late Thursday night. I am recording a bit earlier than usual this week, and that's because my actual birthday is Friday, And, uh, I've got a date night with my wife. Daughter's heading to a sleepover, which worked out by sheer coincidence. We were just invited randomly. So that's a bonus. So I'll go out to dinner and, uh, yeah, my preference would be as much as I do love doing this show, you guys know that, I would love to just enjoy that date night. So I figure, well, let's get the podcast done a little early. And fortunately, the week of Tesla news cooperated nicely. I've still got plenty to talk about, uh, starting with uh v10 so we'll get to that in a second as well as uh cuphead which is rolling out as part of version 10 so i've got an interview with maya moldenhauer who is a producer and an artist on cuphead so uh got got her on the line and uh, we had a really lovely it's about a 30 minute or so chat about cuphead and where the studio came from and how how they uh, came to get in touch with Tesla and, and the whole re- how the relationship built there so stay tuned for that after the news and then I'll do the phone calls after that so basically just gonna gonna put that interview right smack dab in the middle of the show so uh, let's get to it V10 has indeed begun to go out to the early access program members the sort of first wave of folks the next batch the people who have purchased the full self-driving, Package should be seeing it starting this coming week. And uh, Cuphead, as I mentioned, is in there. And here's what else is in it. The Tesla Theater. Per the description, Tesla Theater lets you watch movies and videos when your car is in park and connected to Wi-Fi. To launch the Tesla Theater, tap the new entertainment icon in the application launcher and select the Theater tab. So what's neat about this, besides... Netflix and YouTube, which are the, the two headliners certainly, but don't overlook Tesla tutorials. So these are handy videos to help onboard new owners and educate new owners. I have, I'll tell you, I've been hoping to see something like this ever since I first did the end of quarter volunteering, uh, down at the Fremont delivery hub. Gosh, I guess it was a year ago because it was at the end of Q3 last year and doing that over the course of uh, a couple of 4-hour shifts on different days, it became obvious to me and I had passed the feedback along to the the delivery managers uh, at the time that that boy helping uh, people get oriented there's just some basic things that that really could stand to be covered in a in a sort of more blanket universal way. An autopilot was a big one and that there are autopilot tutorials in this um, including the fact that autopilot needs to calibrate before it can actually be used. I had to sort of tell everybody seemed pretty surprised that I, that I spoke with back then that, Oh, you mean it won't just work right off the lot here. No, it needs about a 30 to 40 mile calibration period. So stuff like that, all covered in their basic tutorials. Really like seeing that also in V10 is karaoke. Yes. According to the description, sing karaoke to your favorite songs and artists in your car. You can select karaoke from the media menu, tap the microphone icon to adjust whether the vocal track plays while you sing along. Uh, displaying the karaoke lyrics requires the car to be in park. So this is, this is not a thing that Tesla wants you to do while barreling down the freeway uh, at 75 miles an hour. This is a, this is a parked activity activity. <laughs> But I have to say I think I think this is gonna be super fun, super fun. Superchargers will now be party chargers. They'll be charging up the party via, <laughs> via karaoke uh also in here, the feeling lucky and feeling hungry, navigation buttons that will that will send you to a random fun destination or a random restaurant. So it's, it's described as such, go on a surprise adventure to a nearby attraction by tapping navigate lucky or get directions to a local restaurant chosen by your Tesla by tapping navigate hungry. We've also updated the place pop-up to include easy access to a website associated with the location if one exists. So that is really great because that's basically just layering in uh, um, an extra bit of google maps functionality straight into the car so that's good stuff and in fact uh, elon musk took to twitter to comment on these he says feeling lucky a google tribute or hungry are 100% intended for max enjoyment of the tesla owner if the location has destination chargers that's a plus but the car should only route there if the location is great this will be hit and miss initially but should hone towards excellent over time end quote. And I have to say, I can't wait to hear from all of you guys out there as to what strange, wonderful, or strange and wonderful attractions and restaurants that your car decides to send you to. Also in V10, Joe mode. Remember this one? Enabling Joe mode reduces the volume of your Tesla's chimes. The quieter chimes continue to alert the driver effectively and minimize disruption to passengers, e.g. Joe's kids. To enable Joe mode, tap controls, safety and security, Joe mode. Well, let the record show that I still don't know who Joe specifically is or what this is a reference to. We still haven't gotten to the bottom of that. People have wondered in reply to Elon. nobody, Nobody seems to be able to quite crack the code on this one but the feature is there so enjoy it other changes and a quick thanks to Tesla teslarati for an excellent summary here they write tesla's v10 update allows sentry mode to save video clips in a separate folder on a usb drive to make them easier to review and manage older sentry mode clips will also be automatically overwritten once there is no more space on the usb drive As for the maps update, destinations that are keyed in will now include the distance to each suggested location, which would make navigation easier. Visualizations have also been revamped with V10, as could be seen in the adjacent lane being highlighted blue and the target car destination being outlined in white during automatic lane changes and more detailed visuals being included for surrounding vehicles. Well, out of that stuff... I think it's uh, the stuff, uh, what I'm most excited about is that sentry mode bit. It is it is really nice to see another step forward on sentry mode and, and not to get greedy because again, this was a feature that was not even considered when the Model 3 was designed and when the Model 3 software was written. But uh, hopefully this will, Tesla's gonna just continue to build this out. And my hope is that eventually we'll be able to review Sentry events right on the car's screen when you get when you get back to your car and ideally even save or delete them right from there too. But Sentry mode is getting better. That is good stuff. Cuphead, well, we'll talk all about that in about, oh, what's it gonna be? Maybe 15, 20 minutes or so when, when uh, I get the Maya interview spun up for you. So stay tuned there. And then remember as well that more is coming in the full wide public release, most notably Smart Summon, which by the way, for those of you uh, with 2016, 2017 Model S's and Model X's, Elon Musk confirming this week that Smart Summon will work on hardware 2.0 cars, as well as of course the 2.5 cars, uh, which is every Model 3 And the 3.0 cars, which is every Tesla since about March or April of this year, of course, then the S's and the X's that are 2.5s starting at about, uh, what was that, I guess, 2018, I think is when the S's and X's got bumped up to 2.5. So if you're on 2.0, good news for you there. Let's uh, talk fun things, more fun things. What gets more fun than Plaid mode? The Plaid Mode Model S, the 2020 Plaid Model S. Uh, it's Elon confirming that the Model S will be the first Plaid platform model produced. And by the way, I'm going to go ahead. Stop me if this is bad. Can we call this the platform? Right, the Roadster, <laughs> the S and the X. They're 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 the <laughs> that's their the platform. Right, go with me on this one. Come on. Anyway, uh, Elon narrowed in a bit on what he had said last week, tweeting, We expect these track times to be beaten by the actual production seven-seat Model S Plaid variant that goes into production around October or November of next year. And then he added, quote, The new Roadster and X will come later. Now, this is after... German enthusiast automotive magazine Auto Motor und Sport reported that the Plaid S beat the Porsche Taycan's four-door electric vehicle record on the Nurburgring by about 20 seconds. Seven minutes and 23 seconds is what that publication is reporting the Plaid Model S's time at. Uh, 20 seconds. That is pretty incredible, although. It is important to note that at least as of me recording this, that is an unconfirmed time, so just put that out there in the sake of fairness and and journalistic responsibility. Reading further into Elon's tweets on this, though, to me, his tweets all but confirmed that the Roadster was going to slip to 2021, uh, which is the sense I had gotten after my interview with him when he called it dessert and didn't really want to talk much about it at the time. I mean that that interview was only three months ago, so you know it wasn't. It's still relatively recent, and in fact, I I sort of uh, put that thinking to the test. I replied to Elon with my theory on this. I said, so uh, release the plaid Model S first, learn from it. And use those learnings to make the 2021 Roadster even better. And then I put a little smiley face emoji. And notice, by the way, I intentionally said 2021. And Elon was kind enough to reply to me, and he said simply, "Exactly." So uh, that seems to be the thinking there. Use the S to uh, work it out and wor- you know learn learn from what's going to work and what could be tweaked in order to make the Roadster the ultimate bad boy, uh, which I'll tell you (laughs) more about why, why that's important in a second. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to stop and pretend for a moment that this is any, that it's any kind of scoop because after all he said, October, November for the plaid S and the Roadster and X, uh, which on the X, by the way, I'm guessing because the X will also need its own new chassis. Since it's it's a different platform than the Model S, that uh, so th- those two cars, Roadster and X, in platform will come later, and uh, odds are pretty darn good that later won't mean December, <laughs> from when he said October or November for the S. So uh, yeah, we're looking at twenty twenty one for the Roadster as well as twenty twenty one presumably for the Plaid mode enabled Model X. So yes. The Roadster is going to be an absolute monster, though uh, at the cost, it should be noted, at the cost of having to wait about four years for it to actually hit the road after its unveiling in November of 2017. So effectively, we're about halfway there, probably. Um, You know, hey, maybe the Roadster will start getting out there into production in early 2021, maybe not towards the end. Maybe it'll actually be more like three and a half years, but a pretty good long wait. So, um, but it's probably going to be worth it based on uh, everything Elon is, is talking about so far about using, you know, the S to, to learn and make the roadster better on the subject of the roadster, a Twitter user named Viv, who uh, may in fact be a listener of this podcast because she follows me on Twitter. So she's a Tesla person following me on Twitter. It's uh, maybe not a stretch, (laughs) to think that she's listening, so hi, Viv, if so. But anyway, she tweeted Elon and said, I guess the new Roadster will easily beat the all-time Nürburgring record of 6 minutes and 44 seconds and 97 hundredths of a second. Elon replying, absolutely. Now, granted, he didn't say if that would be with the SpaceX package or the base model, so we shall see on that. And, you know, I... I don't want to drift too far into speculation land here, but again, just given how long the Roadster's been in development and the fact that it is it is going to be applying lessons learned from the Plaid S and because it is the Halo car, its entire existence is predicated on the idea of giving the, quote, hardcore smackdown to gasoline-powered cars. Those are Elon's exact words from when they unveiled it. I wonder... Again, just pure speculation here. If there is an outside chance that the Roadster ends up with four motors in the car instead of three. I don't want to start any rumors or artificially inflate anybody's hopes or expectations. This is just me wondering aloud. But I have to think, based on everything that's been said and now done, that it's at least possible... And, you know, even if it does end up being the same tri-motor setup as the Plaid S, it's going to have that gargantuan battery pack in it, a supercar suspension, and, of course, that optional SpaceX package. So I just cannot wait to see what that thing is going to be like and how, uh, if it will indeed issue the hardcore smackdown to gasoline-powered cars Uh, on the, on the track as well as on the streets. By the way, uh, if you caught what Elon threw in there at the beginning of that, if that, if that sort of, if you stopped and went, wait, wait a second, seven seat model S. Yeah. You might be like, wait a second. Didn't they discontinue that? Uh, Pardon me. Discontinue that (laughs) if I can speak clearly tonight. And yes, you are right. Tesla did remove the option for the seven-seat Model S with the two rear-facing kid jump seats, but evidently it is coming back and it will be a new, improved rear-facing jump seat design. Elon saying, quote, the new rear seats will accommodate larger passengers than before. Now, I still would not at all count on putting any adults back there, but... I think bigger kids is probably the more reasonable expectation, and I would suspect that the reason this is happening and the reason that that it is an improved design probably is due to the new chassis design of the Plaid Model S that they've managed to accommodate some more space back there, probably down low. If I if I had to imagine, so uh, that is good news for maybe some. If you're a family out there, if you've got younger children or, you know, you're planning your family, uh, uh, in the next couple of years. And, you know, maybe a Model X isn't right for you for whatever reason, or it's a little, maybe, you know, it is a little more than the S maybe the, the S makes is more desirable to you or makes more sense that you'll be able to get five adults and two kids in the Model S, uh, with, with that, at least in the plaid one, it'll be, be very interesting to see if this new design for the rear facing child seats, does apply to all Model S variants. I mean, if I'm correct, the answer is no, and it would be exclusive to the Plaid Mode S. So I'll be keeping an eye on that one for sure. Now, while we're talking about performance, the Model 3 performance might not be done improving its 0 to 60 mile an hour time. Elon was asked once again by the aforementioned Viv on Twitter, and she said, do you think you're able to squeeze out more performance via over-the-air updates, or is that pretty much maxed out? And Elon did decide to respond to this with the following, you never know, dot, dot, dot. So the way he typed that sounds to me like there could be a bit more power to ring out of the P3D inverters and motors yet, perhaps... When Tesla can either put more more engineering bandwidth on uh, to the challenge, and or maybe they need to gather enough real world reliability data from the P3D fleet in order to ensure that they they believe that the hardware would be able to handle another power boost. That's we that's exactly how it went uh, with the the uncorkings on the 60D and 75D S's and X's. They had uh, sufficient amount of data that said hey we can we can really pump these up we can uh wring some more juice uh, some more power out of these without you know risking any components and they went ahead and did that so um i you know i think right now right now we're sitting at 3.2 seconds is the zero to 60 time on the p3d with the rollout which is how tesla's measuring all the zero to 60s on the cars and here's the thing, I would not expect more than another tenth of a second. I think that's realistic. And, you know, in, in the uncorkings that Tesla has done in the past, particularly specifically on the performance model. So the cars that are already tuned for performance, the the increment of improvement, which again, let me just stop and recognize how amazing and incredible and awesome it is that these over the air performance improvements even happen at all i mean it's it's just a it's a marvel it's a, it's just a wonderful just truly fantastic thing so let that not go unrecognized but uh, to my point the when that has happened on the performance model, so the p85 way back in the day the P- on the s obviously the p85d and the performance model 3 earlier this year it has been a tenth of a second, basically, pretty much every time is is where it's gone. The the P85D went from 3.2 to 3.1. The P85 went from actually that one I guess went from 4.4 to 4.2. And then the P3D went from uh 35 to well, 3.2 with the roll the, the 3.5 wasn't with the rollout. So a kind of an apple orange there. It was 3.3 with the rollout down to 3.2. So it was a tenth on that one. Now some people took this in a way that I very respectfully think it is a little bit of a leap from Elon's tweet. And people were saying, "Oh, well maybe this means the Model 3 is going to get a ludicrous mode option." Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't quite go that far because Elon was asked a pretty specific and direct question about an over-the-air performance update, and that's what he responded to. So I'm not not saying a ludicrous Model 3 won't happen with the SNX going to Plaid in about, you know, the next year, year and a half or so, but, uh, you know, whether that would require new hardware in the Model 3 and thus not be a thing that existing Performance 3 owners could upgrade to or whether Tesla would be able to wring out uh, enough extra juice out via a software update to just actually label it ludicrous and just do it that way. I don't know, but I, I think it's, it's better to keep your expectations in check. And if those expectations end up being exceeded later by Tesla, then great. But if not, then at least you're not disappointed. Let's do the Musk minute. I know I've already been talking about Elon's tweets, but just to pass along a couple of quick things. Elon's saying that those of you on leases will be offered a discount after delivery on the full self-driving package should you uh, have chosen it since you won't get the full value out of it for the duration of your lease. And then the other thing, he notes that party mode and camping mode will be coming in version 10.1 of the software. So that is probably something that's uh, reasonably a few months out, if I had to guess. All right, then one more story I've got for you before I get to the Maya Moldenhauer interview. Tesla was strangely missing, strangely absent from a Swedish insurance firm's recently released list of their safest cars for 2019 based on their accident data. And again, a tip of the cap to Tesla Roddy, who writes, Every year, Swedish insurance company Folksom releases the results of its annual study on the country's safest cars, a list that was dominated this year by the Toyota RAV4. To determine which vehicles make the cut, Folksom stated that it must be able to analyze actual crash data from an ample number of collisions. Anders Kolgren, Folksom's head of research, explained to news agency Nitechnik that Tesla's absence in the company's safest vehicles list is due to statistics. Quote, we saw seven accidents with Tesla in this year's material, and that is far too little. They have very many safety systems and high security, which means that they may never be included in our lists if the car's number of accidents is too small. Elon Musk, uh, finding uh, an, an excellent amusement in this and a satisfaction, adding as a Twitter reply, autopilot active crash prevention keeps getting better as we examine every crash for improvement and then upload smarter software. Ironically, I hope we're never on the list. So I found that pretty hilarious and also particularly awesome. Uh, and some of the safety features, by the way, that that can just get, get better over time with software updates. That's another thing that that is just you gotta stop and pull back a second. The the paradigm has been shifted so much by Tesla. And those of you, you know, if you if you've got a Tesla now, if you can understand exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're, if you're out there and you don't have one yet, and you're, you're hoping and planning to get one, you're going to see what I mean, because your, your normal just changes completely for the better in a Tesla where suddenly there's all these new possibilities opened up because of the, the software updates and the fact that, you know, this is a very, very smart computer on wheels and it can be reprogrammed and improved and and it's it's just amazing so um but i will say by sheer math i would imagine that tesla will make this list in sweden eventually because more and more teslas will obviously be sold in sweden so just by by sheer math more of them will get into accidents even with passive you know you know with accident avoidance stuff But hopefully, if and when they do actually crack the list, it will be as one of the safest cars. I mean, the United States, Europe, and Australia have already all testified to that through their testing uh, thus far. So, good stuff. That's everything I've got for you news-wise. Again, if I happen to miss anything on Friday while I'm out out on a date night for my birthday, please accept my apologies, and I will, of course— cover it on next week's show but for now stay tuned and i'm going to come right back with the aforementioned maya moldenhauer producer and artist at studio mdhr on cuphead and uh it was great to speak with her i recorded this fairly recently in anticipation knowing that cuphead was coming so enjoy this interview it's about 30 minutes or so and then stay tuned after that for a bunch of your awesome calls in the ride the lightning hotline I am pleased to be joined by Maya Moldenhauer from Studio MDHR, one of the creative minds behind Cuphead, which, as uh, you saw recently, is now finally available for Tesla vehicles that is pushing out to the fleet. Maya, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I, so I've got to... This was the ultimate colliding of worlds for me when I was sitting down <laughs> mentioned uh, Cuphead. When was it supposed to be announced? Because uh, I know when I reached out to you privately after, it seemed like him him saying that on my podcast was a bit of a surprise.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a surprise because um, I believe that the – podcast for that hadn't come out before your email. So I saw your email and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh wow. Okay. We're talking about this. Um, so yeah, I, you know, we hadn't actually even defined how we were going to announce it or when we were going to announce it. Um, I think in our minds it was, um uh, going to happen much closer to the release. Um, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> it was a nice surprise to, um, to talk about it much earlier. <laughs>
0: yeah, build a little anticipation, get mm-hmm. everybody fired up a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know my my day job is IGN and video games, but here on Ride the Lightning, it's all about Tesla. And I know some of my audience are gamers, but maybe not necessarily all of them. They've been seeing, you know, the likes of the Atari Classics hitting mm-hmm. their Teslas. They've seen Beach Buggy Racing 2, which is probably the most um, fully formed game that's hit the cars yet. But, but Cuphead is... Is on a very very different level uh, in a number of ways from, from really from everywhere from technically um, challenge wise uh, looks wise everything. So for my audience that might not be familiar with Cuphead, can you give kind of the the Cliff's Notes version on what people what what it's all about?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, at its core, Cuphead is a run and gun action based platformer. Um, the art aesthetic f- uh, for it is borrowed from the art from the 1930s. Everything in the game um, is actually hand-drawn on paper. It's scanned in. And we've animated the entire game just as they would have in the 1930s. Um, From a gaming perspective, we wanted to pay homage to the games from, retro games from like the 1980s, the very, very challenging games from the 80s um, that we played growing up. And so we married those two forms together, and the result was Cuphead, um, which was, uh, I think, a surprise to some people. When you see it visually, you think, oh, it looks so cute, Um, (laughs) and then you get your hands on it, and it's a little bit more challenging than you might anticipate, but it's a good challenge. It's fun. I've (laughs)
0: got to go back to the art style for a second, because it is what turned everybody on to Cuphead originally, and then you guys followed through with a heck of a game Uh, along to go with that art style. Now you did, uh, you inked the entire, like every single page. Is that correct?
1: Yes, we, (laughs) we are a very small team, much smaller when we started as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it's fun to be able to have touched every piece of art that's gone into the game. Um, challenging in and of itself uh but that's for sure when you're looking at upwards of uh 50 60,000 frames individual frames of animation um but it was all you, you inked sixty
0: thousand sure. pages
1: yeah i think we uh yeah I th- maybe wow. maybe a bit more somewhere around there yeah
0: <laughs> over <laughs> what I believe count. F- about four years or so or five
1: uh, i would say you know the story of cuphead is it's kind of like a windy road. So when we first started, um, it was supposed to just be a very small sample set of a couple of bosses, maybe a platforming stage would have been a nice add-on, but it was the scope of what we were going to do was much, much smaller than the result of what we have today. Um, And so, uh, yeah, we we each took on our roles of like, yeah, this is doable, it's tangible. And then we dug ourselves into a, this hole where we're like, oh my gosh, okay, now we have to dig ourselves out um, as we expanded on the scope uh, of the game and brought a full sized, um, full sized game to the community.
0: What I love about the Cuphead story, there's there's a lot to love, but it is it is a family affair and it is <laughs> very much a um, a, a almost. Kind of the plot of a movie. Uh, you guys quit your day jobs to 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 go for this dream to build this game full time.
1: I know. In hindsight, you should have almost done like an intro of like, "Here's the crazy Moldenhauer team." <laughs> um, in hindsight, I, I frequently sit back and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what like what were we thinking?" Um, but in the moment, it was something that. You know, once we saw a few components of the game to come together and it was playable, there was no looking back. We had to have yeah. it. We had to do this and execute on it um, so that we weren't, you know, in retirement thinking, what if, what if, why didn't we just try it? Yeah. Um, and so we initially... You know, I think in the media it gets romanticized a lot that like they quit their jobs, they more remortgaged their homes and they went all in. It was a little bit more of a transition <laughs> in that we um we'd come home from our day jobs and work until all hours of the night on this as like a hobby. Um, all weekends were dedicated to kind of putting this together. And then once we saw that there was something there and that the appetite um from you know the community, the gaming community, uh was fruitful. They were they, they were just really loving it. Um, we thought, okay, you know what, let's take it to the next level. And then I think that's when we decided to kind of fold those day jobs, knowing full well that like the experience that you accrue throughout those years, you can always go back to. Um, and then the funding was required. So that's when we kind of decided to get creative with um, our savings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just kind of all came together, thankfully.
0: And it, so it's uh, your husband, Chad. Is, yes, is on the project. You're and it's Jared is your brother-in-law. Do I have that yes. correct? Yes. Yes. Jared is yep. the lead designer. Uh, and then how how many other Moldenhauers are involved?
1: Oh, oh gosh, you're testing me <laughs> it now. Um,
0: it's such a great story. I just yeah, love
1: yeah. So we've got two cousins, Ryan and Tyler, and um, we have our honorary Moldenhauer, which is actually Chris Madigan, and he is the composer of the music in the game. And actually I should comment on that. Like, I feel like Tesla drivers should just put the game on just to hear the music, even if they don't want to play it, have it running so that you can listen to this soundtrack. It is, it it blows my mind. um, A tremendous
0: jazz score. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is definitely one of the best game soundtracks in recent years.
1: Yeah, Um, we we tricked Chris into that as well. (laughs) We were like, it's just a couple of songs. You can do it. It's okay. (laughs) And then it turned into almost, uh, I think, over three hours of custom composed jazz music using a 40-piece ragtime ensemble and a big band. It it was recorded in a studio here in Toronto where we're based out of. And um, just marvelous. Like, it's, it's really, really a great soundtrack.
0: Now that people, all right, so people have a little bit of extra context for what Cuphead is and where it came from. And actually, I'll I'll do a little shameless self promotion. Um, I was I did a, a an hour long sit down interview with your husband Chad mm-hmm. and your brother in law Jared uh, at, just after the game came out. Yeah, unfortunately, you weren't able to make it out that trip because you were a brand new mom at the time. Yes, um, so I wasn't able to get you on that that panel as well. But if you're kind of you want to hear more about the origin story of Cuphead and and where the Moldenhauers came from, and and where they're going, uh, you can you can look up IGN unfiltered, and then just search like search IGN unfiltered Cuphead, and uh, we had a great time doing that. Yeah, I so. will say
1: that of all of the interviews, that one is really one of my favorites. You really got, I think, to the core of the story and some raw information out of them. So um, I love that one.
0: You are very kind. Thank you for saying that. So Tesla, let's 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 bring this back to Tesla now. Um, First of all, I guess before I ask you where like how this actually came about, uh, one thing to sets everybody straight on, you know, you're talking about this is a challenging game, it is a throwback to the these sort of run and gun challenging shooters of the 80s that that you guys and certainly I grew up on too. A a gamepad is required for Cuphead when it comes to Tesla, correct? Correct. No touchscreen. Do not even no try. Not nope. going to work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. No steering wheel. No touch screen. That was kind of one of the conditions. were just very um, particular in terms of the response time and gameplay, and um, yeah, it, it needs a controller in there.
0: <laughs> and I guess uh, you could. So you get. So really, the, the Xbox One controller or a, a PlayStation Four controller yep. can plug in. Those. It, you want to go with probably one of the one of the good, solid, reliable game pads out there for your Cuphead action. Yes. <laughs> so how how did this come about? Because, you know, who, uh, Elon sort of told me a little bit, but I kind of want to hear from your side now. Dude, I, I want to be an actual reporter and get both sides <laughs> of the story for once <laughs> rather than just be a, a fanboy Tesla podcaster. So, yeah, how how does this come about? Who calls you? Who contacts you? What, yeah, what it
1: was... Um it was definitely a like a super surreal moment where I almost thought somebody was trolling me. I was like, this can't that, what, what are you talking about? Um, so they actually, uh, Tesla had reached out, um, just to our general kind of inquiries inbox saying, Hey, we're very interested in, in having a conversation about potentially bringing Cuphead into the fleet of vehicles. Um, and then once we obviously responded and got on the phone, um, to talk about this, uh, it was mentioned that uh, Elon and his kids were fans, big fans of the game, and that it would they'd be they'd love to have Cuphead in their cars for that reason. And so, I mean, it's not an overly uh, it it just it blows my mind that first of all that he uh, I I just feel like we're we're such we're an indie team we're such a small team, and then to have such like an innovative person kind of knock on your door being like, hey. Great product. <laughs> Feels like a very humbling and surreal moment.
0: Well, it is um, worth noting that that you guys have now sold over four million copies. So you're being very humble, but uh, you know, <laughs> but it's you may be an indie team, but you've found a lot of success and a lot of people know about Cuphead. So Elon is a gamer. We've heard, we've seen him tweet about it, heard him talk yes. about it, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's not a surprise that he found the game. So I guess it pays to be the the boss, right? Because if the if yeah. they're the boss's kids. They say, hey, we yeah. want to play Cuphead in the car. Somebody on that Tesla team's got to reach out to you guys to make it happen.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know what? At the time, I had never even stayed it in a Tesla. To be perfectly honest, I, I've seen them on the roads and I yeah. have always loved them. Like aesthetically, the look of them is like, that's such a beautiful car, maybe one day. Um, and so even when we initially got that email, it felt like just such polar opposites. And that Cuphead was created using such traditional art forms from decades ago. And Tesla's at the forefront of innovation. But somehow bringing those two together just worked out brilliantly. Um, And, you know, you can't, none of the games are obviously playable when the car is in motion. It's, uh, they're intended for, you know, when you're at, you're at the supercharger or something like that, or you're waiting for somebody. um, And Cuphead, given how it's structured and that the levels are so short um it's a really great game to be able to just pick up the controller play yes. a couple of levels or even just one um and there's no need to have to you know play for 30 40 minutes or something to get far you they're each about one and a half to two minutes long uh based on um Once you know <laughs> you can, it, you can play it yeah <laughs> <laughs> or five to ten seconds it depends <laughs> i mean it is fair
0: it is i guess worth pointing out that um The amount of Cuphead included for free in every uh, capable Tesla, which I guess that's – maybe I should detour. Uh, This is, I assume, going to be only available on the uh, newer Teslas with the second generation MCU. Or or are you guys – that's a
1: good question. I don't even – I don't want to answer that because I don't know for sure. Okay, we
0: can follow Um, up – yeah, I can I can touch base with you later and uh, and and see. But yes, yeah, I know I that that is channel. the case with uh, I know Beach buggy racing two, which mm-hmm. also runs on Unity. I, be- I believe I hope I'm not getting that wrong. They were they had told me they were working on an MCU version, but um, but yeah, that the the Unity thing actually is where I wanted to get to next was uh, you know Elon had said semi recently before the Cuphead announcement came along that they were mm-hmm. working on porting. Uh, unity and then uh, they want to get to unreal into the car and is it is it just a happy coincidence that you guys built the game on unity or are they porting unity to the to the cars because of cuphead
1: oh definitely the latter i'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> i would like to think it's the latter um i i don't know it it could I'm not sure uh, which, which one it is. Maybe it's chicken and egg medium between, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I do know that, you know, we're again, given that we're a small team and we have a lot on our plate with our um, next projects um, they've graciously offered to do this port for us and they've done it, you know, tremendously well. Uh, the quality is there. Um, and so whatever their intentions were, they've done it. They're, they're executing it brilliantly.
0: So that's, I guess that, it, well, that, that sort of solves the everybody's problem, right? Because you said you guys are a small team and you're busy mm-hmm. with a couple things, which I'll get to at the end. Um, but you guys have projects. You're a small team. And Tesla, on their side, probably wanted the challenge of learning to port Unity and and take a really brand new, modern, high-end, high uh, production value game like Cuphead and mm-hmm. get it running in the car. So it works out. They, they do the... The, the porting to learn everything. And then yep. uh, what what is the nature of your guys' specific involvement in that I'm guessing uh, a lot of quality control and making sure that they yes. did a good job on the port.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we were never really too concerned about that. We knew that obviously Tesla's a high, you know, high quality company that they're not just going to put something out that's subpar, but um, from our lens as well, like we uh, were very, very particular in terms of the quality of the game, how it plays, any. We don't want. We didn't want any lag in the game, um, and so yeah, they've they've listened to you know all of the feedback we provided during the uh, QA phase and remediated any kind of small issues that may have been there. Um, and it just it looks beautiful right now. It's running really, really well.
0: It's uh, it's a sixty frame per second block yes. game. Yes.
1: Yep, that was yeah. definitely one of the uh, conditions as well. <laughs> of like, can, if you guys can get this running at sixty frames per second, we are all we are all for it. Tell me where to sign.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's amazing that that Cuphead is working and running and playable in a car. I mean, that's that's something know, you right? uh, you clearly <laughs> could not have conceived when at the start of the project. <laughs> none, none of us,
1: could uh, Ryan. <laughs> not even <laughs> if somebody had said, "Like, what is the craziest idea?" This is like way past that. Way
0: past. <laughs> that. Oh, that's so good. Now, um, you mentioned that when they first came to you, you hadn't even sat in a Tesla. You'd seen them around mm-hmm. and and looked uh, longingly, but have uh, has this whole process in working with Tesla has it has it changed your your family's uh, – because you're you're you have uh, three children now. Is that mm-hmm. correct? I know. And, and yeah,
1: we just had number three. Yeah,
0: congratulations. I know. Uh, Thank you. And you 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 managed. You did all that inking and all the work on Cuphead. <laughs> uh, you had uh, were two of them born during development. Is that how it ended up um, working out? So or? we
1: started the we started taking it seriously when the first one was born. Okay, um, and it was uh, not until she was about six months old that, uh, I decided, okay, I need to start working on this full time. So that's why, um, my second, my son Hans is kind of a blur. I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) What's your name again? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I worked right through all three of them. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, in hindsight, a lot of times I'm like, how? How was that even possible? Because I mean, none of an an them were an, good sleepers. Yeah, it's
0: an incredible. Um, I mean, it's it's you know the, uh, it's it's tough enough for any parent, but I I think you know you're extra heroic as a mom who's doing all sixty thousand pages of inking. I mean, what a what an a uh, an accomplishment to, and then for the game to look and turn out as it has is is just astounding. But. Uh, Yeah. So getting back to the family Tesla question. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what your car situation is now, but has this process with Tesla changed your family's car plans at all?
1: Absolutely. I totally leverage this. This opportunity to be like, well, let's go to the Tesla dealership and just like look at the cars because we might have to get one so we can test it. (laughs) And Chad just kind of rolled his eyes at me. He's like, "Oh, okay." Um, But from walking in those doors, like the experience is everything that you would imagine. um, Obviously, from Tesla, just like how they're just so innovative. They're at the forefront of the of technology. They've thought of everything. Um, so obviously, expanding from a uh, four-person family to a five, I immediately was looking at the Model yeah, X. Yeah. Um, we had to upgrade our cars for sure because of um, everyone still being in full-sized um, car seats. Right. And uh, I loved it. And they they lent it to us for a weekend, and uh, they so graciously gave us the. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not a huge. Uh, car person so this is where you can correct me but the model uh like where there's the p at the end
0: oh yes the 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 p100d you had the performance model yes
1: yes such a (laughs) so sneaky of them to give us that (laughs) it's like this car is amazing and it really is incredible um it fits the whole family without feeling like you're driving a bus um the falcon doors are super super cool obviously uh visibility when you're in the car of just i guess how how high the windshield goes yes um chivalry isn't dead they like the the car door open <laughs> yes. for you yes i was <laughs> like this is amazing um so we're just uh we're still kind of trekking along with uh two cars right now until we can make a decision or make a call. We've just, we've been so busy with work. I know that sounds ridiculous, um, before we upgrade our vehicles. Um, but that's definitely on in the top two, I would say.
0: And, uh, and the, you know, the model Y right around the corner, you know, slightly smaller, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, three row crossover SUV maybe could be in the cards as well, but, uh, yeah, maybe if anybody, if if Elon's listening, I know he's not, but you know, I like to pretend he is. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe a, a a Model X should just find its way to your driveway as a thank you. It firm. would
1: be so nice, <laughs> the white on white. I would that would just be so nice. <laughs>
0: but I do know that no nobody gets free Teslas. Not not Elon's mom. Not you know just oh no really? One. It is yeah. It is <laughs> it is company. Even Elon pays for pays for his cars, but yeah. Um, well, I'm keeping you for a while here, but um, I am curious. I've just got, a, I've got a couple more for you. I'm just sort of curious. What? So, for you guys to QA uh, the game on in the Tesla environment, mm-hmm. how did they send a, a diff- another car to your garage and push a build yeah, point I remotely? Wish. Like how? You know how are we- you how are you <laughs> testing it in the Tesla environment?
1: Yeah, I tried that when I was like, can you send a couple of cars and they're like, yeah, no, we can just send you the MCU, like the buck and um so it's just like um yeah, the MCU in our house here and they can push out an update the minute like we send a QA log with uh with some found bugs or issues uh we would report back and then within 24 hours they would have sent a uh, an update that pushed out and yeah. Um
0: so it's really pretty fast straight really. Forward. Su- it's yeah. A, it,
1: yeah, it really surprised me how efficient it was. Um, especially having gone through the QA process um, with Microsoft with right? some other Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not to say they're overly complicated, but uh very different, very efficient.
0: <laughs> um now have you have you stopped to process yet? Again, we're celebrating Cuphead pushing out to the to the uh, capable Tesla fleet, which again I presume is going to be the MCU two cars for now, but have you given thought yet to the fact that this is this is going to give you guys hundreds of thousands if and eventually just because it's going to keep going millions of of new eyeballs on cuphead both as a as a property and as a game. <laughs>
1: You know what? It has not. <laughs> um, I think it just lends itself to the kind of what we were saying earlier. When you even mentioned the uh, the number of units that we're kind of a, we're at right now, I just it's still that number still kind of shocks me. I'm like, really? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, at the time when we were talking about this, and they're like, we want to set, we want to push this out to all every car globally. It was just. It's surreal. It really is surreal. We're so grateful for that um, opportunity to get in front of obviously all these uh, all the drivers who have who own these Teslas. Obviously, not when driving again. Um, But um, no, it's so surreal. I I really haven't. I'm being totally honest with you in that. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah,
0: (laughs) and and the but the nice part is so it's people are getting. the, and I say this in a complimentary way. And the, the the easiest part of Cuphead it's 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 Inkwell Isle <laughs> one, uh, yes. Because as as Elon had mentioned in in uh, the interview he did with me where he first mentioned it, it's there's a storage limitation there. You know the car only has so much storage, so the the whole game is you know many gigabytes large. So you've decided to yes. you know and, and you are giving this away for free. So it's the first it's the first uh, how many how many levels is that total like
1: five or six? It's Two platforming stages, and I believe it's six okay. boss battles. Yeah.
0: yeah that's uh, and.
1: But there's there's a lot of playtime in that. It sounds true. like a, a small number, but um, I guess based on your video game experience, it could be very, very fast, or it could be, <laughs> uh, you know, a while. It
0: could be a while. <laughs> um, and of course, so... Wait, you know you're too humble to say it, but I'll say it. So if if people are enjoying Cuphead in their Tesla, playing it for the first time, <laughs> and you want to play more, go buy it on. Let's see. So we're up to we're at Steam. It's available on PC via Steam, yes. and then I guess the Microsoft Store as well, uh, mm-hmm. Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Now, uh, yes, uh, is that is that everything? Is that all the platforms? Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Go out and it's only it's a $20 game. It's still $20, yes?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: And well, well <laughs> worth the twenty dollars. There's plenty of great content there. Um and now before I let, let me promote a little bit more for you here, um, while while everybody's fired up about about Cuphead now, the you guys have a deal with Netflix and you're developing mm-hmm. an animated series for Netflix.
1: I know. It's just crazy. (laughs) I don't know how this happened. Um, yeah, we're very, very excited. Uh, we don't have a date just yet in terms of when that's coming out, but, um, it is currently in production and, uh, full, yeah, it's full steam ahead. (laughs) A lot of really talented people working on it. Um, and we're, we're really, really excited, um, to show people what, uh, was being concocted. Now, the
0: the game is a a little dark tonally. That's, you know, the game is you're <laughs> making a deal with the devil to uh to gain your own freedom. Uh but the, the the Netflix series will be the humor it will be all ages appropriate. Yes.
1: Oh yes, no, of course. Um even the game itself I believe is uh rated E for everyone. Yeah um and so it's not yeah when you look at when you really look into it it's kind of it has that <laughs> eerie kind of dark backstory but it's really fun loving um it's a fun game
0: and then finally let's promote uh n- coming next year 2020 so we want people to play Cuphead in your Tesla go buy it on one of those platforms for <laughs> 20 bucks and then more Cuphead sometime next year you guys have a an expansion coming uh, called yes. The Delicious Last Course in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, it's our DLC. It's really just, um, there were so many bosses on the cutting room floor that were just too good to give up. We couldn't stop thinking about them. We're like, you know what? We had never really intended on putting together a DLC, but um, we did. We also didn't want to waste these ideas. So we're really excited to put those together. And um, yeah, it's going to be a whole nother uh, Inkwell Isle. Excellent. That's uh, part of the game.
0: Well, Maya, any uh, before I let you go, any, any parting words for the Tesla audience out there? Or maybe, perhaps even better yet, some tips for them as they uh, play Cuphead for the first time?
1: No tips. No tips. No tips. Gotta earn it. <laughs> yeah, and don't Google it. You've got to earn it. Um, although I will, maybe the one tip I do give people, um, is the first charm that you should always equip is the extra health. Uh, charm. Yes. <laughs> just, just give yourself the extra health and, uh, you should be good to go. But also, you know, whoever does end up hearing this and downloading it and experiencing something that we had intended to bring to people in the form of like some form of happiness. We hope that you enjoy it. We're so grateful that you do down if you do download it um, and play it, and yeah, I hope you just have fun with it. That's all it is intended to do is just make people laugh, have fun, and uh, maybe get under your skin a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's keeping with the spirit that Elon Musk always talks about about a Tesla being the most fun thing you can have. So, uh, Maya mm-hmm. Moldenhauer from Studio MDHR, Cuphead now available for the Tesla fleet. Maya, thank you so much for for taking the time out to uh, talk to me.
1: No, thank you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. We'll talk again soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Maya. I had a really good time speaking with her. I love Cuphead. If you follow me in my day job on IGN, you know I'm a big, big Cuphead fan. So I was so thrilled that it's coming to the Teslas, and that uh, all of you guys are going to get to enjoy it. A lot of you will be exposed to it for the first time. It's just such a, a remarkable game. I mean, it's it's just it's art. It really is, and it's tough. <laughs> it will test your test your metal. But boy, is it fun and it's, it's such a great game. So thanks to Maya for, for taking the time to uh, to jump on the line with me there. All right, Ride the Lightning Hotline time. I am about at the point where I almost need an intern to help keep up with all of these wonderful phone calls that you guys keep sending in. I appreciate it. I I welcome the participation. I thank you for it. So if you would like to send in a question, comment, or discussion topic related to the world of Tesla, you can do so in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record a question, try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many calls each week as possible, and send that to tesla podcast at gmail.com or you can just call and leave a message on the ride the lightning hotline it's super simple it's a toll-free number dial it up one 888 989 8752 that's 1-888-989-TSLA and if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary graduation or some other special occasion you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more let's kick it off with uh, a a gentleman who uses his handle on this one keeps it keeps it anonymous going with the, the the online handle sims clark from South Jersey uh, wants to talk about transmissions as it pertains to electric electric vehicles and Teslas. So uh, Sims Clark, you are on the air.
2: Hey Ryan, this is Sims Clark from South Jersey. Before I was an electric head, I was a fanatical ice driving motorhead and virtually every car I owned had a manual transmission. I'm curious if you and the Ride the Lightning community would enjoy the idea of a mode that could be activated Similar to track mode where the car would simulate gear shifts with some software trickery and power delivery. Several CVT transmissions in ICE cars have this ability and though it's purely simulated, I do appreciate the fact that I can control how the drive feels and simulate shifts with steering wheel controls. I am curious if other Tesla owners would be interested in something like this as a way to be more engaged during enthusiast driving. Also, it makes me wonder if this could bridge the gap for many ICE drivers who feel alienated by the uncommon way in which Teslas pour on the power. And finally, I wonder if this would help combat the argument that some of the automotive press levies against Teslas and that the feel of the drive lacks soul. And while I have you and your audience's ear, how about another enthusiast mode? For all models with dual motors the driver could manipulate the ratio of power that goes to the front and rear motors, much like ICE vehicles that are equipped with electronically controlled center differentials. I know all these ideas fly in the face of a transmissionless electric vehicle, but as an option that that can be turned on and off, my opinion is it never hurts to have options. I'm excited to hear your thoughts, even if you think I'm completely out of my mind. And finally, I'd like to say, though I do really enjoy your professional work within the gaming industry, I cannot thank you enough and express my appreciation for what you do with this podcast. Please keep it up. You are a beacon of knowledge for veteran and novice Tesla owners alike. Thank you.
0: Very interesting thinking here. Uh, Thank you, by the way, for the kind words as well. And by the way, no, uh, I don't think you're completely out of your mind. You may be aware, but maybe not, uh, that Tesla tried a transmission in the original Roadster when they first developed the car and delivered the first few. But the transmissions couldn't handle the power. It just didn't work, and Tesla abandoned it and had to switch, you know, had to retrofit the, the Roadsters they'd already built. And they have abandoned it, or they did abandon it, seemingly forever. At least it's been forever so far, but uh, you know. While I realize too that you're not asking for an actual transmission, I personally can't see Tesla putting time into a simulation like this because I would argue that the most people probably prefer the constant roller coaster like torque pull of the electric motor compared to the shifting transmission of an ICE. And you know, remember too that. If that power is too much for some people, well, there's chill mode that's just right there. In fact, I read plenty of accounts from people online in the community that a lot of folks out there drive around in chill mode all the time, that they prefer that setting. So I do like your outside the box thinking, though. Thanks so much for calling in. Let's stay out east. We'll head up, uh, head up to New England, to talk to Eric from Vermont with a reaction to the pedestrian noisemaker sounds going into the new build Teslas. Go ahead, Eric.
3: Hey, uh, Ryan, this is Eric from Vermont. Uh, I'm sure you probably have heard the uh, noisemaker sounds uh, that um, Trevor posted uh, that uh, all EVs are going to be required to have uh, in uh, next year and uh you know i think the the reverse sound is okay but uh sort of the white noise forward sound is doesn't seem that creative or anything and uh, i feel like there's an opportunity for tesla to maybe uh maybe even give some choices for for uh for us folks uh, in our car um one one sound that i thought of at least was like the jetsons sound right away uh, at least that sound does Change a little bit with the speed. If you go up to the 19 maximum speed of 19 miles an hour, where the noisemaker is required, but um, just wanted to get your thoughts and uh, maybe someone else has a better idea for a good noise noise for going forward in parking lots and stuff. Thanks for the podcast. We'll see you. You know, it's
0: funny how everybody reacts differently because i'm the opposite of you i thought that the forward white noise sound was pretty subtle and unobtrusive i am with you on tesla offering choices though but i have to say that with all with nothing but respect do you really want the jetson sound all the time like i feel like that one it would be a novelty at first but might get might get old pretty quickly but hopefully we will get an opportunity to have that choice On this same subject, let's go to our friend Rome from Northern California, also uh, commenting on the pedestrian noisemakers. He's not a fan.
4: Hey, Ryan, it's Rome up here in Northern California. You know, tonight on Twitter, uh, Cal G12 got me all fired up by sharing the story from Teslarati regarding, quote, pedestrian noisemakers, unquote, being equipped on the Model 3s since September 1st. I'm gonna try to keep this all family friendly in the spirit of your show, Ryan, but this is infuriating. One of the huge attractions to EVs is that they are quiet and they don't smell. They are unobtrusive to everyday life as much as they can be. I've said this before, but my ICE vehicle makes zero engine noise up to 19 miles per hour, except for the rubber on the asphalt, just like my Model S. This noisemaker baloney is not trying to make pedestrians safer. It's pure and simple old school auto manufacturers flexing their political muscles, trying to disrupt the disruptors by taking away one of their strongest benefits. The best analogy to this absurdity that I can come up with is sailboats. Whenever I talk about my speedboat, people will often say, but there's something about the quiet of a sailboat. That's true. For you pilots out there, you'll also know while piloting a glider, it's so amazing after flying in a Cessna. There's something soothing about the quiet. Has the Coast Guard demanded that sailboats install artificial motor sounds? No, of course not. The onus is on the driver or the captain or the pilot. If you are approaching someone that doesn't see you or hear you, it is your responsibility to wait until you either make eye contact or they hear you. Also, if you lay on your horn to scare the bejesus out of pedestrians, you're just being an a-hole. Don't do that. Now, I say all of this with my son having had a Prius ride up on him while he was on a bike when he was very young and scaring him half to death. I myself was also blindsided by a silent running Prius in a parking lot. The onus is on the drivers, not the car manufacturers. Also as a pedestrian it is our responsibility to look around. Maybe take your eyes off the phone. Making our EVs sound like moving white noise or worse combustion engines is so lame. I can't even put it into words. I was hoping recording this in the morning after I settled down would be better, but it hasn't. It's an absurd solution. The soapbox is free. Thanks, Ryan.
0: Thanks for your call, Rome. I said my piece on this on the regular weekly show a couple weeks back, but yeah, I'm with you about the fact that many ICE cars don't make any noise at low speed. That is the silliest part of it all to me. Uh, As I also mentioned, I think the sound, if we're stuck with it, isn't nearly as annoying as I was, maybe the, the term would be braced for it to be, but uh, I'm guessing from your call that we can probably put you down in the you disconnect the speaker on delivery day group for whenever you get your next Tesla at some point down the road. Thanks for your call. Jason from Northern Virginia is up next. Want to talk about his first Model 3 road trip. Go ahead, Jason.
5: Hi, this is Jason from Northern Virginia. Love the podcast. Wanted to comment on something you mentioned in the last show about uh, taking the first road trip. I took my first road trip in my Model 3 uh, this past weekend, and it was extremely stressful. Um, I drove to eastern North Carolina to my parents' house, and the nearest supercharger is almost 45 miles away. Uh, My father incorrectly told me what dryer outlet um, they had at their house without looking And I had the wrong dryer outlet, so that forced me to uh, use a trickle charge overnight. Uh, I got there with about 40 miles left. Um, And overnight, I actually got about 70 miles, which was was pretty good. Um, So I I was pretty, you know, pretty confident that I was going to make it back home. Um, But there's two factors that I haven't mentioned yet. And one is that if you're in an area that no one has ever seen a Tesla, they're all going to want to ride. So I give a lot of rides to people. And the other is I have two toddlers, and they had to stop and use the bathroom uh, four times before we got to the supercharger. And I literally got there with zero miles. I actually drove for 10 minutes with zero miles left. Um, once we got to the supercharger, I stayed uh, extra long time and made it home uh, about two and a half hours later than I normally do with a gas-powered car. But I think in the future, uh, we'll plan better at our charging stops, and I'll buy the right charging uh, adapter for my parents' house. Just wanted to mention that. Thanks a lot for the podcast. I love it.
0: Thanks for sharing that, Jason. I'm so glad that you made it. Zero miles left that indeed would have been super stressful i'd have been i'd have been losing it at that point the good news is that an experience like that really only happens once right because now you know and you learned about the dryer plug and what the ev road trip experience is like so yes it's a learning curve but that should be the worst it'll ever be for you that's the i think the optimistic way to look at it happy electric motoring my friend Let's head on over to Phoenix, my old stomping grounds, and talk to Eddie about uh, full self-driving and his Standard Range Plus. Go ahead, Eddie.
6: Hi, Ryan. My name is Eddie from Phoenix. Uh, I wanted to call in about my experience updating my Standard Range Plus Model 3 to full self-driving. I wasn't exactly sure what to expect, and it was uh, very hard to find information on the Internet. And I was under the impression from talking with the sales team at Tesla that it would be an update in the uh, matter of a normal software update where uh, you basically have to select to update it and it shows up underneath of the software tab uh, on your Tesla. Uh, That's not the case. Um, As soon as I purchased full self-driving, I got a prompt saying that my order has been confirmed and that you could expect the software to be uh, sent to you within three days. Um, so I expected it to be within three days. Uh, I went to the grocery store and while I was waiting in line, I opened my Tesla app to turn the air conditioning on and the summon feature had appeared on my app. Uh, so when I got to the car, I went to autopilot and all the new full self driving options were available. Um, I didn't have to download a software update. I didn't even have to be connected to Wi-Fi cause I was not. Um, and it just showed up and it was ready to go. I love the podcast. I hope this is helpful. cool. And uh, for all the Tesla owners in Philadelphia, go birds.
0: Thanks, Eddie. Stop. I know I've done this a couple times already on this episode, but just stop and think about how cool that is for a second. You went into the grocery store and when you came out, you had summon and navigate on autopilot. That is so cool. That's so cool. Uh, note, too, that you will also be getting a new full self-driving computer probably towards the end of the year as well, uh, if your car is older than March or April or so. It seems the uh, the full self-driving computer upgrades have begun in earnest, just a, a few confirmed cases here and there, so nothing nothing uh, in mass, nothing major to report there, but it's, uh, it, it has started to, to occur, so that is a good sign. Dan from Southern California is, uh, having a not great time with what's been going on with the battery in his car. Dan, you're on the air.
7: Hi, Ryan. This is a uh, Dan from, uh, well, Southern California, Santa Paula, California, actually. And, uh, I just wanted to, uh, say something about the, the, I've got a 85 D 2015 that, Suddenly lost range here a couple of months ago, and I think there's been some talk about it on the internet and whatnot. Anyway, I lost 30 miles, and um, it's kind of really irritating me because I, I use the car to drive. I, I need that 30 miles <laughs> to, in fact, get to work and back. And so now I'm with a car that's got less, you know, performance than a uh, 70, for instance. So, anyway, I am I hate to join this lawsuit against Tesla because I've, I've been the biggest supporter of Tesla in the world. Uh, uh, no one's talked Tesla up more than I have. And, uh, you know, bottom line, now I've got a car that, that – and, and I've, I've called the service center and they say, oh, it's normal, you know, range degradation. Well, we know that's a lie. It's just not. You know, they, they've already said, you know, in their bulletin that they – they have changed the uh, algorithms about charging and, uh, and the amount of uh, power that the car will produce. So, anyway, I just wanted to get your your uh, take on it. And I, I don't mean to belittle Tesla at all because I love the car. But uh, I am kind of, you know, I'm, I, I'm kind of in a bad spot now because I can't use the car to go to work anymore. Anyway, love to hear it, and I love your podcast. So you keep it going, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep supporting you. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Ryan. Take care.
0: Dan, I feel your pain through the phone. I really do. I mean, that is just a really tough spot to be in. And here's my opinion on it. Uh, I don't blame you for joining the class action lawsuit. I'm not saying you're right and Tesla's wrong or vice versa, but you know, Tesla does need to be held accountable And if there's a dispute about whether or not they have an obligation to address this for affected customers, then that's exactly what our court system is supposed to do, is rule on these kinds of disputes. So I I just hope that no matter how the lawsuit shakes out, should it in fact end up proceeding to court and not be settled, I just hope that you and your fellow affected customers are taken care of in a fair way. You know, regardless of sort of what form that takes and what shape that takes, I just hope you are uh, you are taken care of in a way that's that's fair and just. You know, I, I don't I don't want to see Tesla harmed, but I want to see you taken care of. I mean, it's you and and other people affected by this. So we'll see what happens with this. I wish you the best. Vince from Connecticut uh, has a seatbelt question as it pertains to the white interior cars. Go ahead, Vince.
8: Hey Ryan, Vince from Connecticut here. I'm responding to your problem with your black seatbelts and the white interior. Do you have any idea why Tesla isn't using white seatbelts in the white interior instead? There's certainly no requirement for seatbelts to be black and it would make the car look so much cooler if those seatbelts just kind of disappeared in white. Your thoughts?
0: Vince, I am with you. I'd love to see it provided the color match was close enough, but I believe the answer to your question is the same reason that the white interior has the same uh, light colored headliner that the black interior model 3s also have and that is cost and simplicity by using the same seat belts and headliner to stick with that example in every single model 3 instead of just you know half of them or whatever percentage of them it allows Tesla to lower their costs and minimize complexity, and ultimately get more more cars made in, on a quicker basis. So that's my thinking on it anyway. Thank you so much for your call. Casey from Tacoma uh, wants to ask about a, a long-dormant feature that had been brought up a while back. Casey, you're on the air.
8: Hi, Ryan. This is Casey from Tacoma. I've been a listener since episode 200, and I really love the podcast. I really enjoy the objective and positive perspective that you bring every week. Um, I've been driving my Model 3 for just over a year now. Perhaps coincidentally, I think it's been the best life uh, year of my life so far, and the car has certainly contributed to it. But my question uh, today is about fade mode. Yvonne mentioned this feature back in September 6, 2018 as part of a release for Version 9, so that was just over a year ago. Um, for me, it's been the most anticipated feature uh, because it's just been such a joy to cruise at night when really it's just you and the road out there, uh, that experience that really only the Model 3 can offer. Um, I was just curious if you know anything more than the internet does, or perhaps you might be able to get something out of Tesla since you do a good job of getting their ear. So thanks so much. Take care. Love the pod. Uh, Bye-bye.
0: I have to confess, Casey, that I hadn't thought about that in quite some time until your call. You are referring, for those not familiar, to a mode that would fade out most of the Model 3 screen, and it's the S and the X2, except the speed, uh, and then you'd tap to turn it back on so that you don't have a bright screen on, say, while you're cruising at night, even the, even the dark mode version, you know, the, the black, where it goes into the night mode, the black uh, screen. So if my take on it at this point is if it's not part of version 10, which it doesn't appear to be, then we should probably assume that it's been scratched off of the feature list, probably for some good reason. Like, maybe they found out they can't, like, legally do it or do it to their satisfaction or something. But thank you for calling in and jogging my brain there. I appreciate that. Two more calls this week. Henry from Richmond, Virginia uh, wants to talk autopilot. Go ahead, Henry.
8: Hey, Ryan. It's Henry from Richmond, Virginia again. Calling in with a question this time instead of a complaint. I'm currently on the way to my girlfriend's house and just experienced the autopilot issue that I experienced every evening while on the way to her house. At the same spot on the expressway every night while I'm on autopilot, my Model 3 will have me in the rightmost lane out of the three easy pass express lanes, then change to the center lane, then back to the right lane, back to the center lane, then finally after passing the center back to the right lane in order to take the exit that's half a mile ahead. Have you noticed any similar issues? I understand when she hesitates going through a traditional toll, but ultimately she always seems to be able to handle it. I'm not sure if the Easy Pass express lane is what's throwing her off, but I wouldn't understand why, as it's essentially the same as driving on any three lane highway. Any insight you may have, I really appreciate. And I also do submit a bug report every night when I go through this issue, and it's been probably four or five months now, so just curious if anyone out there is experiencing anything similar, and I appreciate your podcast and all the work you put into it, and keeping all of us Tesla fanatics entertained. Thanks again.
0: Thanks for your call, Henry. I would say that you can probably not bother with any more bug reports. I mean, it's good that you did them, don't get me wrong, but they will find them at this point. And I'd have to say that I I haven't experienced it in a while because, honestly, I turned off no confirmation lane changes a while ago after I just got fed up with its decision making, honestly. Um, although I suppose an easier way to say that would be that I turned lane change confirmation back on. You know, it it'll get better. I mean, I have zero doubt about that. But for me, it just doesn't decide and act quickly enough on lane changes at this point in time. I'll be honest with you. I'm a lot happier driving the car since I disabled the auto lane change feature, since I turned those uh, confirmations back on. You know, you, you might want to consider doing the same since it it does seem to clearly be bugging you as, as well as it did to me. I mean, if you, if you turn those confirmations back on, the nice part is, you can just ignore it if the car wants to do something that you don't want to do and it won't do it. But if you do want to take the car's suggestion, you just tap the stalk and it executes it right away. No checking to see if your hands are on the wheel, then scanning the lane again and then going. So it just cuts out all that. So uh, see see what you think. Yeah, think about that. Hopefully uh, hopefully you'll find a, a solution that makes you happy there. Let's go back to Phoenix for the final caller last Certainly not least is Mike from Phoenix, uh, who comments on the battery degradation that the range, the reported, pardon me, the rated range loss that I reported last week. If I can get my words in the correct order in a sentence, we'll try that. Mike, you're on the air.
6: Hey Ryan, it's uh, Mike from Phoenix again. I love your show. I wanted to ask you a question. I've got my Uh, battery set to be charged uh, at about 80%, and it's been basically at the same exact spot for the last week or two. And I come to it in the morning, and it has a different amount of range. Uh, It it goes anywhere from 190 to 206 miles. I'm curious to see if you know why that might be. Uh, That's it. Thank you. Take care.
0: Well, Mike, I wasn't able to get to your call in time for last week's show, but you and I, it sounds like might be in the same boat here, other than the fact that it sounds like you've got a standard range plus. So, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious if this is a software update issue, if Tesla's playing around with the rated range algorithm or not. Hopefully that's all it is. Uh, I've got a road trip coming up. I'm going to try recalibrating the uh, battery management system by, which you can, you know, Everybody says, including Tesla says you can do, you know, if you just drain the car down to like 10% and then charge it all the way back up to 100, that'll help recalibrate everything to, uh, to maybe up that number a little bit. So best of luck to both of us, Mike. And I want to say thank you to everybody who called in and I've got a whole bunch more calls that I couldn't get to. So I'll see if I can maybe get to some of these next week because there'll also be new calls uh, and, and again, everybody that I can't get to, look for yourself in the Patreon bonus episode every month. That is the nice, nice thing is I've, I've got a, a built-in way to make sure that everybody's call gets heard and responded to. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for calling in. Keep those calls coming. I told you how to call at the top of this segment. But for now, stay tuned. I'm going to come right back, do the tip of the week, some parting thoughts for you right after this. Well, as for the spirit of adventure, I think I might take a little birthday weekend cruise in the car this weekend. Uh, it is still nice and clean from last weekend, which is nice. But yeah, it's a it's a good excuse, and the the weather's nice in San Francisco and in the Bay Area here in September. This is sort of our version of summer. This is about as close as we get, at least in the, here in San Francisco proper. But uh, yeah, it'll be be nice to get the car out this weekend, have a little fun on the birthday weekend, and and do that so uh, hope you have an excellent week or weekend depending on when you're listening to this as well let's go to the pro tip of the week jonathan from atlanta with a, a a cleaning tip on the subject of of cleaning the car go ahead jonathan
9: hey ryan it's jonathan from atlanta again haven't called for a while but i found another pro tip i don't know if how many of the listeners know this i know for me it was new, so I'm cleaning out the liners, or I'm cleaning out the door pockets, um, both front and rear. And I found that the little rubber liner that's on the bottom of the door pocket, there's a tab uh, in the at least in the front uh, front doors. There's a tab that connects to that liner you just pull up on the tab and the whole liner comes out so you can really easily clean out um if you, anything gets sticky down in there or whatever um you can clean that out uh the rear don't have tabs but if you find that little partition uh in the kind of in the middle tor- or toward the back of the rubber liner in the back you kind of squeeze that and pinch up pinch it and pull it up uh those come out as well too so little tip for clean freaks like me out there uh particularly when you have kids like me i have four. Oh
0: god Anyway, uh, there you go. Jonathan, thank you for that. I have always used a vacuum nozzle to get in and clean mine out, but I suppose if you've got any liquid residue or anything else a little trickier down in there, then yeah, removing them is the best way to go. Excellent tip there. Thank you very much. And by the way, I remind you, if you've got a pro tip of the week, if you've got something that you've learned about your car or you've heard about your car from, from somebody else, that might be of of benefit to the rest of the Ride the Lightning audience that's not covered in the manual, just like a little little extra something, feel free to send it in and do so the same way that you send in phone calls. So thank you in advance for that. Now, before I go, let me just do some plugs, if you don't mind. I appreciate you listening to these. I do put them at the end for a reason, so (laughs) you can can skip them if you want, but uh, I, I appreciate your attention if you don't mind. The big one, of course, you know, I, I try to keep the the Patreon plug sincere, but short, but it is sincere. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of time and energy goes into this and the, the best way you can support it besides just listening to it, which of course is, you know, I'm humbled and grateful that you would take the time to listen to it. But if you see fit, if you think I've earned your support, you can support me on Patreon and there's more information about the the various tiers and and what you'd get out of it. Over on my Patreon page, which is Patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast, and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, so thank you in advance if you if you take the time to take a look at that and maybe even contribute if you if you feel so inclined. Uh, meanwhile, the Jada Wireless Charging Pad. I am a big fan of their new wireless charging pad, which is all they sell now is the new version of it. It is, it just looks factory original. It works great, looks great, Uh, super happy with mine. So if you have a Qi wireless charging capable smartphone, which pretty much all the new ones are, the ones from the last couple of years are, you can, that you can just, it's a, it's a no tools installation straight into your model three center console. Uh, they are, what are they? They're a hundred bucks. If if I remember correctly, I'm almost positive. It's been a while since I bought mine hundred bucks. I don't have a discount code, unfortunately, but if you did want to buy one, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. If you would use the referral link that I'm about to give you because they will throw me a couple bucks from the sale, seeing as how, you came for it, it tells Jada that you came from to their business from this podcast. So the URL is getjada.com. That's G E T J E D A. Getjada.com slash R E F slash eight. And their new product is the USB hub that goes, uh, plugs into the two USB ports in the, on that back wall of the center console. So it effectively creates like a, you know, it fits flush right up against that back wall, gets you some USB-C ports on there. And there's a cool dummy compartment hidden by like a, a little door that's held on like a fake wall that's, that's held on by magnets. So you can just, if you know where to push it in, you can remove it, but there's a spot back there to hide your dash cam, your sentry mode USB stick. So that's a nice product as well. Um, But yeah, that's. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the the wireless charging pad and the the USB hub is definitely nice too I think that one is 70 if I remember correctly so anyway you can check on their website uh, follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan same thing on Instagram DMC underscore Ryan email me anytime Tesla podcast at gmail.com meanwhile my friend Jeff the uh, owner, proprietor of Immaculate Reflections, one of the most awesome detailers in the entire Bay Area. I'd put him up against anybody. I know there's a lot of great detailers out there, but Jeff is just a great human as well as a great detailer, and he's currently offering $100 off any ceramic coating package to listeners of this podcast, or $100 off of a paint protection film package, unless one of two things, or both things... You PPF the whole car, in which case he'll give you a $250 discount. And or if you are an active or retired military member, show your military ID and Jeff will give you an additional discount for any Immaculate Reflections. Well, for those services anyway. So you can learn more uh, and get in touch with him on his website, which is irdetailing.com. And then there's abstract ocean. They got a lot of cool stuff as well. Better interior LED lighting kits, different color interior LED lighting kits. If, if you want to change it from a white interior light in the footwells and things to blue or purple or whatever you want to do, they've got those. They're pretty easy to install those cool puddle lights on the bottoms of the doors. That'll, so you can, you can change it from just a regular light to a, you know, a logo, like a like the bat signal shining down onto the ground at night, the, the Tesla T logo, the Model 3, th- the the 3 logo, or the original 3 horizontal line logo, S logo, X logo. He's got all that stuff, and it's a pretty simple install on that as well. Uh, tempered glass screen protectors, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, check him out, abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 15% off of your first order. So if you do want to use that, best to pile everything that you're interested in into your cart so that you can get the 15, because that is a one-time thing, that 15% off offer. I think that is about it. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. That'll make it easier. Again, that's not a money thing. That's just a a convenience thing where the show will download to you automatically each time a new episode is released, which is, of course, like clockwork, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 a.m. Pacific. You can subscribe on any of the major podcast services, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which, remember, TuneIn is in your Tesla. Yes, you can get this podcast right in your Tesla. I'm also on Spotify, just the audio syndication to YouTube. There's no video on YouTube, but the show, you can listen to it there if you so choose. And uh, yes, that just leaves, as always, thanking the wonderful Patreon producers, the kind folks at the producer tier. This is the uh, the one of the perks they get, is they get their shout out each and every week, which I am more than happy to do because these are all very kind, very generous people for supporting me uh, the way they do. So thank you, Pete White, wolfgang obergen george cassiopo david brander jonathan wales alexi heft logan willis michael lester robert miracle jason chalukas joe edgel tim hyde lars hoffman lawton from chicago peter chalet rome strack david Vakiel, Ulrich lassa luke a eric randolph david Nondal, gabriel salais jerry and mary smith brian hope bill Roiko, lyle austin joel Sapp. Dory and Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Josh, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Chris Kinesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, and Dennis Peak. Thank you all very, very much for your continued support. It makes a huge difference in my life, and that is not in any way uh, uh, a, you know, that's as sincere as it gets. It really, I really mean that. So thank you all so much for a now snoring Daisy, the boxer puppy, some co-host you are over there. (laughs) She looks like she's happily dreaming, but I'm going to do the same here in a few minutes. It's getting late here in San Francisco. Um, So thank you all so much for giving me the time every week. I know this was an hour and a half show, maybe even a little longer, But hopefully you enjoyed the Maya Moldenhauer interview. I like doing that stuff. I interview people a lot on my uh, my day job, at my day job at IGN. I actually have an entire interview show that airs once a month with game developers. And yeah, it's just, it's a thing I enjoy. I enjoy talking to people. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that segment. I'm always open to your feedback. If you liked it, didn't like it, let me know. All good. Um, Just try to be constructive. That's all I ask. So... Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here next week.
8: I mean, I think a Tesla... It's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment, Mm. make its maximum fun.